0: Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today, I have somebody that is like my celebrity, somebody that I look up to so much. And if you've taken any of my trainings, you've heard her voice in some of the videos. This is Celeste Elsie in the house. Celeste um, is somebody that I met through my Nurtured Heart stuff. I met her actually in person in um, North Dakota. And her energy and her intensity and her life and her joy and her, like, fierce tenacious way of going about relationship and specifically education and kids just is going to blow your socks off. So anyway, Celeste, if you could just talk, I just want you to talk. Say whatever. Tell us um you know, where you've been, where you've come to and what's it been like.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I'm honored to be with you. That was quite an introduction which I'm going to own and appreciate. So thank you. Um you know it's interesting I was a um new older teacher about 20 years ago and I came across the approach our school psychologist saw a flyer and said hey would you like to go to this one day training with me and I said sure well I didn't know what that would lead to at that time and I'm so grateful for that because um It's given me so many gifts and helped me to branch out in other areas as well. And, you know, so I learned the approach to help me manage difficult children in my classroom as a middle school teacher. And then I started using it at home with our three boys who were in middle school and high school at the time. And it just really um, opened up our relationships to a level that's really incredible and that we still have today. And, you know, it really taught me how to respond instead of react, how to see the positive qualities in everyone, not just the people that were easy for me. It helped me to create my own more clear boundaries, which is not something I was born with. (laughs) Um, You know, it really coincided with my career as a special educator and an alternative educator and went along with trainings um, like... uh, Behavior science and mental health and social emotional well being, restorative practices, PBIS, all of those things, trauma informed care. So it kind of opened me up to the world of um, seeing others in a different way and seeing myself in a different way. And so I've used it to help manage behavior, help kids to feel their best. I've used it in very difficult moments as an educator with kids that were having big time struggles and things became unsafe and parents became unsafe and you name it, I've probably been through it. But um, it also gave me the opportunity to become an author, which um, I was able to develop the Greatness Kids activities, teaching NHA to students so they can use it in their own lives, which I love, and um, has helped me to become an effective, trainer and facilitator and public speaker, and believe me, I learned the hard way (laughs) 15 years ago when I started leading trainings. And now, you know, it's really great because I chose to retire from teaching just over a year ago, and I've always had the dream of starting my own consulting business and just really focusing on schools with the idea that I want to teach how to ensure that kids feel seen with the hope of helping to put an end to school violence. So I've um, partnered with a friend of mine, a retired police officer who has been doing emergency preparation trainings for years and years. He's an expert in that field. So we've come together, we formed something called consortium training and consulting. He teaches emergency preparedness for schools, everything from the physical safety of a school to creating safety plans to, unfortunately, what to do when there's an active shooter on the campus. And then I bring in the well-being piece, the educator wellness, creating a psychologically safe classroom, um, behavior support, all of those things. So, you know, my path has um, been very fortunate. And a big piece of that is I've met really amazing people along the way and um, have lots of relationships that I really value. So there's a, there it is in a nutshell. Wow, I oh, you know all what? I forgot something I want to mention. A big gift that I was given through this work is I was able to be sure that my dad knew what a great dad he was and how much I appreciated him before he was gone. And that I continue to share those things with my mom while she's still here with us. So, yeah, that's big.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy for all of the people that you are interacting with every day and helping. I have your book. I teach your book. I teach the curriculum in the high school here. I'm not an official teacher, but whenever they have long-term subbing, They call me up and every time they're like, so this is the subject we need a teacher for. Would you be willing to teach that subject? They still ask me. And every time I'm like, no, but I would be happy to come in and do Nurtured Heart. (laughs) And they go, okay. So right now, yesterday, I did class two. On Thursday, I'll be doing class three of Greatness Kids Initiative. And it's just the answers that I get from these kids and their willingness to be vulnerable. We're talking ninth graders for the most part. And they're telling me things they're, they're, they're honoring their greatness. They're we, I mean, I had a girl write on a quiz, um, that she had, I I had nameless quizzes. They didn't write their name on it. And obviously, you know, they weren't graded on it. They had to write three things. they were proud of that day. And, um, she wrote down that she got her first, she passed her first test and just like, so happy that she had a space to celebrate that between her and her pen and that paper to write that down. Like, yes, you did. Um, What you said about getting into schools, partnering with schools, being a consultant and um, helping with that psychological safety in the classroom. I remember you talking about this, Celeste, um, when one of the shooters, one of the shootings happened um, maybe in Texas. I don't remember exactly which one. Um, And I am just happy for the world that you pursued this and that you're doing this. And yes, psychological safety in the classroom, I feel like is, is, and you said something else. You said that every student can be seen. So not everybody in my audience actually has any formal training, nurture heart or anything like that. And I'd love to hear more about like what you mean when you say every student be seen or psychological safety in the classroom. Mm -hmm like, what does that mean? And what does that, how does that work? Um, even, you know, in a classroom setting or even in a home
1: setting, like, what are you talking about? Teach us. Yeah. So I love that you asked me that question. Um, the topic of psychological safety is one of my new favorite topics. And honestly, over the years as a teacher and as a trainer, I always tried to create what's called psychological safety in my classroom setting and in my trainings. What that means is that Everyone involved feels like they belong, feels like they have a voice, feel seen, feel heard, and are willing to take risks. In a classroom setting, that would be willing to take academic risks. In trainings, it's willingness to speak up and feel part of the community. So it's interesting because I've always tried to do those things and I've come up with different strategies over the years, especially with all of the online trainings that I'm doing now, just to make those engaging and, um, and have the same energy and connection that we can offer in person. And I came across this approach called the exchange approach about six months ago. And they te- they I listened to a podcast. That's how I found out about it. And they teach psychological safety. And I thought, what's that? Well, when they described it, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a name for what I'm trying to do. So, you know, what we know is that kids are struggling at a very high level right now, especially since COVID. Learning loss is real for kids, and that causes struggle. Kids have higher levels of depression and anxiety. It's tough. And teachers have been through so much. That's why I've created a training called Educator Wellness because I wanna teach the nurtured heart strategies to these teachers to use on themselves. I want to teach breath work to them that I'm learning through something called the heart Math Institute. I'm teaching the exchange strategies. Like I really want to offer um, kind of like a menu of strategies so that people can figure out what works for them. But back to my original point, If we promote psychological safety, especially in the classroom setting, even with the kids that are difficult for us, that can be the difference of a kid succeeding or not, and also whether a kid chooses to commit acts of violence or not. So typically the kids that do these things are not the outwardly misbehaving kids like everyone thinks, and they're kids that don't feel seen. Um, you know, in trainings that I've attended, um, and with my through my work with my friend Jeff and our new business, I've seen the video clips that kids make to be seen after they commit acts of violence. And it's very sad. They say things like, You didn't see me, do you see me now? Do you know my name now? You ignored me, you threw me out, you kicked me out, now do you know who I am? It's terrifying. So my work is all about supporting primarily teachers. I do a lot of work with families and social workers as well, but to teach people how to feel resourced. So they kind of have a baseline that's solid and they're able to um, move through difficult situations without having big reactions that can cause escalation. And that goes in the homesteading as well. So it all kind of ties together, but um, I want all kids to feel seen and heard. And believe me, I've worked with some kids that were tough to like. You know, I can say I loved all of my students, and I really did. But there were some kids that were tough to like. So if I can learn to see their positive qualities instead of focusing on everything that's wrong, it changes how I can work with them and have a relationship with them and and ultimately get them to a place where they can actually learn. So it's all kind of tied together, Um, but, you know, it's so important, especially now. Wow.
0: Yeah. What I love that I'm hearing you say is that there's the psychological safety aspect that you want for every child to be seen and to be heard and to have this space where they feel safe to take the risks and to grow and be themselves and all of this, which I think maybe many, many, many people want that for everyone. This is something that our world is awakening to, you know, that we all want this for ourselves and for each other. But then there's the practical aspect of, and so how, and what I hear you saying is that what you're bringing to schools and to teachers is these, this way for them, I can't quote you exactly, but the way for them to feel resource that they have enough in them and with them to create that psychological safety, because while we can spend years learning about psychological safety and about what it takes for a kid to feel seen and feel heard, you're in that classroom and you have an army of kids who are attacking you or each other or (laughs) bullying the kid. You know, you've got the bully, you've got the kid who's being bullied. You've got the kid who's inciting the bully to then bully the the bullied. And you're trying to teach, you know, and you could know all that. You could have memorized all the psychology books, you know, and push comes to shove. You know, you're that one human in that room. How, what, you know, and with parenting, it's a whole other version of that because you've got your kids that you're emotionally connected with and you're so subjective to them and they trigger you in ways that nobody's ever triggered you before. So, the, the idea that I'm hearing you say is more than teaching people what to do, you're enabling them to do what they know already and what they want already by having them have what it takes, you know, by, by building. Absolutely. Yeah, talk about that a little bit more because I think that's what we all need. Is I think we we don't need more methods. For sure, these tools are helpful, but ultimately, the 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 difference in in like in the like Brene Brown says in the arena, what's going to happen in the arena? That's going to be the difference of how I'm feeling inside. And I could know nothing and do better than knowing everything and feeling empty inside or feeling bad inside. So yeah, I just love that this is kind of your approach that I'm hearing you, that you're bringing to people because it's so true for me. And um, yeah, so tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, the bottom line is that I want to teach teachers the three stands of NHA refusing to energize negativity, and learning how they respond. We all have uh, physiological responses when we're triggered. So I think we have to know what things trigger us and what things don't. We're all different based on our past experiences. And we have to know how we respond. So for me, I learned early on that if I'm triggered in a classroom, and it takes a lot to trigger me, but if I truly am triggered What I naturally wanna do is get even louder and move closer to the problem. So I realized, wow, that's not helpful. That can cause escalation. So instead, when I'm triggered, I knew that I needed to take a step back and intentionally lower my voice. So you have to get to know your own triggers and how you physiologically respond. And then there's the mental piece where you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that kid just did that. I need to get through this lesson. Well, you have to reset, like take a breath, let that go, choose to move forward, and I you know it's a big dance, it's really a craft. You're also learning to see what's going well. You know, I spent three years as an instructional coach for teachers, and I'd walk into classrooms, and when I first began, all I could see was the mess. That was triggering for me. For some people, it's not. I'd think to myself, look at that desk. How can they get any work done? Oh my gosh, backpacks are everywhere. Kids are going to trip. Look at these, the kids' desks are like, I I would notice it all. And I thought, okay, that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to rate how clean and organized the classroom is. My job is to support these teachers. So I had to shift to walking into classroom and being able to see everything that was great. Kids are engaged. Kids have their materials. The teacher's engaging. Oh, she's using reset. She's recognizing kids. I really had to make that shift. So I want to support teachers in being able to see the gifts that are around them and to practice gratitude for everything that's going well. I also, um, you know, support teachers in having clear rules and being consistent with their consequences. At the same time, I'm starting to introduce the idea of psychological safety. That's kind of like why we do these things. And something that I've learned through the exchange approach is that there are many questioning strategies we can use to help kids and adults feel a connection. They say that we're in an age right now where nobody needs more information, like you said. What people need is connection. Kids need connection, teachers need connection on days when they're struggling, especially new teachers. We're losing teachers faster than ever right now, and it's a shame. So um, there are many questioning strategies you can use to engage kids and help them feel part of the classroom setting. So I'm really teaching all of those things. I'm introducing breath work. There's something that I learned, I think, back in 2015 called The Miracle Morning, and it's a program developed by um, someone named Hal Elrod. And what he does, and now it's being taught in schools, so I want to include that because I've been doing it every morning since 2015, where you practice um, something quiet, uh, Uh, meditation or a prayer, you practice affirmations, visualization, you do some reading, you do some writing and you do some sort of exercise. And the idea is you get up earlier in the morning to do five or 10 minutes of each of those things. And it's life-changing. So having kids learn how to do that and build their own kind of resourced selves because they face so much is such a gift. So there are so many pieces um, that I use and I'm just grateful to have the experience of learning all of these things. And NHA is really what got me started on that path. Yeah.
0: Wow, I remember, I've quoted this so many times from you. I don't remember if you said this in a podcast or recording that I watched or live, I don't know, but that when you, or maybe I read it in one of your books. When you, you know, your knee-jerk reaction, I'm, i am correct me if I'm wrong, but your knee-jerk reaction and in, in face with the problem is to control. You want to control. I think you <laughs> called yourself a control freak even. Yes. And you said, and so you've learned to control, that you still can use your greatness of control and control yourself. And that that's where the work is to know that I am in control. Yes, this classroom is crazy, but I am in control of me. And so what am I bringing and what am I, what am I doing for me and with me for the situation? Yeah. I, I think what you said about, um, knowing your trigger and then also recognizing how you react and how your reaction contributes and then learning a new reaction, which would be called a response, but learning a new reaction that is actually effective and helpful. And then almost like having that hat to put on, it's like, okay. Here's like it's, it becomes a scientific objective, just you know, A plus B equals C. So triggers coming. Okay, got to get this hat on. All right, I know what to do. And I think that that clarity is so useful too, because the having what to do allows us to just pour all of what's going on inside of us into the path. You know
1: where we're going. We're just going to do it now, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think many educators are in the control, wanting to control area, and I learned quickly that if I'm teaching out of my need to control, it's not going to work. It will backfire. So I really had to learn how to have self-control over my need to control. And, you know, there were times where I'd have the perfect math lesson, and I'd be ready to teach and so excited and it was engaging, it was going to be fun and kids were going to learn. And I remember one time I was being observed by someone from our county and I was, had this great math lesson and, you know, all it takes is one student to act up and I lost the class like in the beginning of the lesson. So instead of trying to control the behavior, I had to take a deep breath and step away from my actual teaching of math and go out and walk between the kids and give recognitions where kids were behaving, give resets. Um, I need you to sit down. I need you to stop talking. Thank you for sitting down. Oh my gosh, I love the way you are all following along. Thank you for not getting involved in what's going on over here. Then I would go back and start teaching. Then two minutes later, I'd have to go back out, give resets, recognitions, all of it. Go back to teaching. It was so interesting. I did that for an hour. And I, part of me, my inner voice was horrified because I knew I was being observed. And I knew that that person would not understand what I was doing and thinking, thought would think that my math lesson was a joke. Well, because I was able to keep my composure, stay calm, look for things that are going well, be willing to move between using the approach and teaching my math, at the end of the hour, this is a miracle. Every student in my classroom was working independently on graphing skills. I was able to walk around that class and recognize the kids. It was, it was like one of the best things I've ever been through. It was very difficult because my inner voice was trying to fight what I was doing. And I had this person watching me. Um, it was a thing of beauty and her mind was blown when we finished. She's like, how did you do that? And I can't believe they're all working right now. Like they actually learned because we all know if kids are dysregulated, they're not going to learn anyway. So, um, that was an interesting experience, but it is a matter of learning all of these strategies and then just seeing them as a craft and being flexible willing to change. And I always think that a good teacher can kind of go down a different path than what they had planned anyway. You just have to know how to bring it back. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yes. Teachers are definitely underrated. Their craft and talent and the expectation of what they're meant to deal with every day, their miracle work is really Celeste, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. Your energy is so vibrant and exciting, and I can't wait for my audience to hear this. And I hope to host you again soon. Thank you so much. And if people want to reach out to you, what can they expect? What do you offer?
1: Um, I The best way to find me would probably be going to my website. It's consortiumtraining.com. And there's a list of all of the classes I offer, um, as well as classes that others offer. But um, that would be the best way to find me. Uh, my email address is there. And I'm happy to support anyone. And, you know, I'm on a mission to support schools and educators. Absolutely. Amazing. Thank so you, you can so find much.
0: That. Yeah, you're welcome. You can find that link in the show notes below. And until next time.
1: Thank you. Thank you.